What's up, long players? Welcome to the Long Play Listening Party, the show where we go deep on local music, writing, recording, inspiration, gear, whatever else sounds good to us. I'm Howie Howard from Mr. Furious Records. Hey, before I forget, two things you can do to support the show. Buy artist music on their Bandcamp page or stream it wherever they're streaming. And subscribe to the show. Number two, YouTube, Instagram, Stitcher, whatever your podcast app is. Uh, that helps us out a lot. We've got the whole crew here tonight. Royce Diamond, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Excellent. It's good to see your face. <laughs> Nate Holt, how are you? Excellent. How's everybody else doing? All right. And welcome back, Chance Dibbon. Hello. What up? Hey. Dude? And we invited you here uh, to talk about a record of mine, uh, a record I made under the Night Mode Collective banner. It's called Your Pain Matters, and uh, it came out, I don't even know now, Pandemic Brain has has messed up my sense of time, but somewhere six to nine months ago, I think, after sometime mm-hmm. after COVID started, last summer, maybe. Yes. Um. But I wanted to kind of revisit it. It's a record that means a lot to me, so I wanted to to revisit it and give it a close listen with you guys and uh, see what you had to say and and see what anybody else has to say. So somebody say something, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I have a question for you, knowing that context. Um, you know, that those first couple months of the pandemic um, were kind of really wild, you know, mm-hmm. it was kind of this weird mix of being really, really scared. But then also there's like this, I don't want to put it in this frame, but it's like, there's this thing that it's happening to everybody. We're all experiencing this in this one particular way. So like for me, I actually kind of have a little bit of nostalgia for, for that first instance. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, uh, you know, I was spending, I, I was working from home, spending more time with my wife. Uh, we were kind of sheltering together, so to speak. So I guess my question to you would be looking back at this now, do you have kind of a, a sense, you know, how does your feeling of that time period sit with you now? Wow. That's, uh, granted, we're only talking about it. <laughs> like, a record that's been out for not that long, but well, yeah, and I so and I made it in 2017. Okay. So so the recording was all you know, way before any of this, but yeah, you know, I guess. Um, I definitely don't feel nostalgic for early COVID. I I was scared, <laughs> you know. I was the first one I think in my organization. I went home a week before everybody else did, because I was. I was freaked out and I kind of felt the train barreling down on us. Um, I mean, I kind of get what you're saying though, chance, uh, uh, a little bit like not to interrupt you, Harry, I'm sorry. Uh, I just wanted to jump in and be like, we don't have to talk about why it just, I, 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 I do get that sort of, um, perspective on it yeah yeah and it's not nostalgia exactly because right right yeah it, but it's, it's it, it it i mean it is something that you know i don't think any of us has <laughs> gone through before so it's uh uh how everybody processes it 
is is different and it's um i think it's good to talk to people about it (laughs) yeah i think it's like because we were all going through this thing that we hadn't you know our generation hadn't experienced in this way our sense of things was heightened especially in those early parts and then as it kind of wore on um you know, there's definitely some weight that, that, that gets carried with that. And, and especially, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of stuff. I am by no means trying to diminish the pain or, um, all the stuff that has happened, uh, throughout the course of this pandemic. It's just, I, I just remember he, you know, how he mentioned, um, you know, this was a pandemic release of sorts and, uh, and just, you know, in that early part of that time. So, okay. So, all right. Let's get out of that context. <laughs> I think I came up with a better answer and a, a short a short answer. Which yeah. is just, I've kind of ex- experienced a pandemic in, in three waves, and it relates back to kind of the show and, and Nate and everything. The first wave was, you know, everything's shutting down. We've got to get through the next, you know, few weeks to months, we thought. Right. And my reaction was just like, okay, what do I – what can I do to get my family and friends through the next few months? And, you know, that was taking care of my wife. That was starting all kinds of collaborations with musicians online, you know, and kind of setting aside what I had been working on. So that lasted like into the early fall. And then it really kind of became a grind is that that energy was exhausted. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, all the election stuff and um, the, processing the the summer and and um all the protests and things and then really in the last few weeks has start, i've started to feel better kind of finally um but here comes some music yeah um four songs on this record uh they're all they're all pretty long and uh this is jp journey Bandcamp. JP Journey was a working title, full title, John Paul Journey. Um, so that's a little... Uh, this this track gets nowhere near Led Zeppelin or Journey, but something about it. <laughs> okay, so we talked a little bit about the time, uh, <laughs> by which I mean a lot of it about the time framing, but you started this in 2017. Um, when did, what made you realize this was ready? And at that time, uh, 
last year this was ready to go to get released. This, um, so we've made, we've made so many more Night Mode albums than have been released yet. At least, at least half of our work to date is still unreleased. So, Chance, like you, I mean, uh, and we should say, uh, you, you put out a lot of work under the name Selvage. Uh, and we'll put links in the in the description and everything to your music. Um, and we've we struggled some with so, so there's definitely a progression and there are ideas you know that develop release release to release. And we've struggled with kind of how true to how important that is to present and to keep and to release things in the order they were recorded versus mixing it up. And um, we started out more true to the idea of keeping the order uh, chronological. We've slowly gone away with that from that somewhat. So it was kind of the, the pattern, so so Drew started Night Mode, and the pattern of releases has been kind of like a Drew solo, then a Howie solo, then a collaboration. And so this was, this is my second solo Night Mode effort. And so it kind of came around in the rotation, and I don't, I think we'll continue to drift farther away from that idea of presenting things in the order they were recorded. Um... But a long way of answering your question, it was in the sequence we'd sort of established it was time for a Howie solo record, and this was the next one in line. Gotcha. So you're just creating a vibe with this? Is that the idea, or...? Yeah, definitely. Um, this track stays basically ambient you know, through the whole time. It does it does kind of build at the end, but, you know, there's no drums coming or anything. Um, it's mostly atmosphere and kind of kind of something to drift away to. Yeah, I dig it. It feels like a Stranger Things scene. For sure. You know? That arpeggio. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the, the chord progression starts to get more kind of envelope as it goes along. Yeah, I, I, I'm digging the arpeggiation on it too because it's not so overly pronounced. Uh, I know that when I'm playing around with my stuff and I go to arpeggiation, it's like I I just I'm have I'm laying bricks on together, you know, brick, <laughs> brick, 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 and this feels very you know cut and molded and shaped all from all those particular pieces. So it's very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I... I use arpeggiation a whole lot, and it, it is you have to try to make it different. Otherwise, it's like, and and it's still obvious there's like arpeggiation all over, but <laughs> it's a interesting and it's a challenge to make it sound good and fit in and be a little unique from each track to each track. I do like this appreciation, like you said. I like this vibe altogether, man. 
we do a lot without any kind of clock or drums. So, I mean, the arpeggio is obviously, it has a tempo to it, but it's not, the chord changes went down first, so they're not, they're not matched to each other. There's not really a, a pulse underneath this. Um, what did you, what did you uh, create this in, using? Was this in, what program? I mean, I know you use, what is it? Reason all the time, right? Uh, Reaper. Reaper. Uh, this is just two tracks into Reaper. Okay. So the chord progressions, um, and Elisa's Micron, which has a whole story to it and is, uh, is, is kind of the backbone. The Micron is sort of the backbone of this record. And the arpeggio is a vocal bass with a lot of... What's, what, what's the arpeggio? The arpeggio is a vocal bass oh, okay. synthesizer with a lot of uh, DE7 delay. I've, I kind of feel like that's what's giving it a pulse, and it's not necessarily that it's in time or anything, but it's something that your uh, attention's drawn to, but it's very loose. Yeah, sure. it's kind of kind of got a smooth grit to it, too, if that makes right. sense. Volca bass should not sound this this good. <laughs> Dude, I used the Volca, va- uh, Volca bass all over one of my records, man. I mean, for leads, bass parts, it, it's insane. Well, you it's, it's a really cool little, show notes. little deal. What's that, you still have it? I said you definitely need to put that in the show notes. That Volca bass. Do you still have it, Howie? Yeah, yeah, I still have it. Yeah, man. Th- yeah, those I things. I still use are it. Awesome. I still like it. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I do. I like to run it now into a, just a little distortion to take the edge off the the filter resonance and make it like a little more 303. I know it's not a 303 filter or anything, but just to to nudge it a little more in that direction. Well, because you can layer like three different um, s- sequences on on top of each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think you can mix them in and out. Or take them in and out somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so you can split up. It can be like a... It can basically be one, two, or three voices. Mm-hmm. And you can mute them independently and tweak the sequences independently and all that, all that kind of stuff. And how many sequences can you get? Three? Basically three, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of one I don't know, just it's just terminology. It's either one multi part sequence or th- I got three you. sequences. Either way. I got you. DE7. That's, it's so, maybe I've said it before, but it's so good at just at that edge of oscillation, but it doesn't tip over into crazy noise, but it will just, it can sustain and you can play with it and love that thing. Yeah. 
you're gonna have to note note that like write that down um should i do all the gear and the notes it's it's not really oh, that much sure. <laughs> all so this song direct message uh this one does get big it's the only song that gets kind of big and produced it takes a while to get there um, what am i listening to right now what is this this is a the boss. sound i'm sorry yeah yeah it's a boss ds1 distortion that i heavily modded um, and it will oscillate so i made an oscillator out of a ds1 and the the main synth chords it takes a while to get to them but the main synth chords are going through it while it's oscillating so they kind of fight um hmm. i'll point that out when it starts to happen because that's that that fighting is what inspired this whole song. So I'm looking at the uh, the Bandcamp uh, on the record, and this track in particular says uh, direct message contains aggressive sounds that do not encode well into lossy data <laughs> compression formats. Such as AAC. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I put the uh, so the download on Bandcamp includes a version that has an extra filter on this part to, to tame all that. Um, but people listening right now are going to hear the original and whatever platform it's encoded on, there might be some extra, like, really high-end aliasing-type distortion. Because um, this, this waveform that this DS1 produces is so strange. It just would not encode properly. So, the the title of the album is Your Pain Matters. You know, uh, and you released it during the pandemic. It, I mean, does that, I mean, was that in your mind when you were releasing it or was it always named Your Pain Matters? It was always named uh, Your Pain Matters. It was the first title the album had. Uh, your Pain Matters comes uh, years and years ago. Um, I can remember it so clearly. Um, my counselor uh, said to me in the back and forth of, of some different things, um, you, meaning, meaning me, Howie, you are coming closer and closer to the conclusion that your pain matters. And that just went, him saying that just went straight to the core of me as far as truth, right? And it stuck with me. And I, I found it so powerful um, to hear that. I think about it to this day all the time and I I try and put it out there for other people and that's why the record has this name, right? Is to hopefully through the record or through other conversations where I I use it, you know, I've taken that phrase and um I think it's such a powerful phrase and I try to find ways if I if I feel like someone maybe is discounting their own pain. You know, maybe saying something like, um, well, like, you know, we're all, you know, we're all in this pandemic, but, you know, 
unhoused, so I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't feel bad about this other, you know, bad thing that's going on in my life. Oh, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if there's a way to say, you know, that's true, and and we have to kind of hold, I think we have to be grateful for uh, whatever resources and privileges we have and try to share them, but also be honest that everybody's pain matters at some point. Um, and I felt, I felt like the music kind of, hopefully, hopefully listening to the music is affirming the way that the phrase, your pain matters, hopefully is affirming. I think it's interesting too with with the style of music that you chose because it feels like an exploration anyway. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I've kind of gone through that whole idea of well, I don't have the right to uh, feel this way because some people have it worse or something like that. You know? But that's really just an exploration of yourself, and this music kind of feels like that. Like we're traveling through. Uh, different dimensions of ourselves essentially almost like uh really almost like a trip you know what i'm saying like you just like tripping <laughs> for sure and i was exploring this was so the first record i did was all kind of built around a sequencer an ipad app and so this is the first time i was really playing the, the micron and doing like sound design you know designing sounds that could be almost whole songs right and, and playing free and not thinking about choruses or vocals or it was a complete exploration was, this was brand new territory for me you know on the first song that we listened to um, especially like with the build as it's coming in you know with sequencers and stuff people typically you know everything's a four bar eight bar loop but it sounds like you're playing that you're playing that whole intro piece right I was yeah this is all yeah. just I'll just play. That's got to be therapeutic. So, so finally, after like four minutes of build, we. <laughs> no, man, I love these drums. Feels like an 80s movie. See Eddie Murphy already. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome because there was um, the guitar part that's going to come in a little bit. I really tried to do a Martin Gore thing. Nice. Very 80s. I mean, very, like, uh, uh, music for the masses era, kind of. Mm. There it is. Yeah. See Billy with his gun? The whole nine. <laughs> Couple micron tracks. The drums are 
samples of drum machine, the, like 909 kick, I think. Yeah, that kick is thick. I'm grooving on it, man. Good. I no, I was checking it out, the, the, listening to the record all week, and this one uh, definitely catches you. If you get to it, I hope you get to it. <laughs> well, that guitar is great. It's uh, the delay that kind of almost oscillates. That's a modded. Um, Akai analog delay. I put a second feedback knob on a foot switch so I could like express, you know, you know what I'm saying. And this is all like a two-track into uh, Reaper? Well, this one was more multi-tracked. So... How this one the, go? The two microns, the drum samples, the guitar, uh, the bridge that's coming up has some different... a different guitar part and some vocal bass. All of it. And this is all you, right? Yeah. What do you think you started with first on this? Is oh, I know. It was it was the main micron part through the DS1, and it was a performance, all 12 okay. minutes or whatever. That's what I was through. wondering. And it was just like when the drums would come in, um, I started a click, so I played. I played that main part onto a click and then just overdubs. stereo space on this too. Oh, thank you. I mean, of course, I like, you know what you're doing is I, I, that's kind of a weird way of saying it, but there's lots of different layers in the, uh, in the image, so to speak things that pop in and pop out and catch your attention. Very, good. very cool. Good, good. All right, now we're gonna get silly. 
how were these played? Yeah. I sat at the song the drummer first. Yeah, okay. First and foremost. Yeah. But what I did is I uh, I sat at the computer desk with my fingers and like play a little bit and then program, you know, be like a bar at a time, right? Or a phrase kind of at a time. I come up with the first phrase by tapping, program it in. Okay. All right, so you just wrote them in like that. Yep. But I, I came up with the ideas with my hands. Very nice. Right, right, right. But yeah, interesting, man. with a faster turnaround and there's a new lead that this one I love that shit there's man. a new little hook understand. in there it's tighter so hopefully it's like more a more concentrated version of the that big long second section kept trying to cut the arrangement down you know i know it's a long song a long instrumental song but the way the chord change is so long right because like this yeah why were you trying to cut it down well i didn't know people would have the patience. eventually i didn't i just leaned into it. i said this is what i like when i play it this is how i like to play it so. <laughs> no well that that's true though because and i so you're saying that the, the chord changers were so long it just kind of it, it just naturally endlessly loops it seems like yeah oh I got you or yeah so so I get it man I get it <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm happy with it and if it's you know if it's too much for anybody I totally understand no I haven't gotten bored at all good because we're about to tear it down <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that i found working with some of my longer pieces uh i mean my instinct is when i'm performing or or improvising something down my instinct is always to go long when i'm editing my instinct is always to cut and, and make things short but you know sometimes it tells you this is how long this needs to be and um, okay, yeah, like uh, Royce was saying, I'm not bored in here, so something's working. Something about this is working. Something about this needs this canvas, and uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm famous for uh, in not f in my household, right? <laughs> uh, for like, I'll be talking to Carrie Ann about an album. I'll be like, yeah, okay, I need a piece. I'm going to do a piece that's like six minutes, right? To kind of just be a little interlude or like to tie some longer pieces together. Guarantee it'll be nine or 10 minutes long. Like that's just, <laughs> and I'll think it's six until I look um, <laughs> and see how long it actually was. Cause you play a lot of, a lot of stuff uh, free, right? You're not set to a, a click or a, yeah. 
Okay. Yep, the part, I mean, kind of the the main part of Direct Message is the only part of this album that had like a click or drums. The The last song, there's an LFO that, that pretty much sets a tempo and I, and I kind of follow it. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and explain this one. This is, uh, I played this on um, Aaron Osborne's Juno that's been with Drew for, for quite a few years now. And I got fascinated by um, the sound of the filter resonance sweeping up. So I'm going to stop talking for just a second and listen very carefully. So after I play a note, listen for a little... Um, I don't know how else to say it other than resonance that 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 kind of moves upward in the very very extreme highs. I just thought that sound was so fascinating. Uh, this one was very academic. I composed um, a series of, of intervals that just repeat all the way down the keyboard. Um, and they're in perfect fourths. Um, and so that's where the title comes from, Fourths Harvest. Um, and it's a it's a nine note sequence of of fourths that works like around the circle of fourths and just descends down the whole keyboard. Um, and I had to just to make it longer. The Juno does have a like an octave or two octave maybe I forget. I only kind of only ever played it the once, but it has Nate. You probably know. There's a little bit of octave. You can move it one or two, right? Uh, on on a Juno? Yeah. I don't know. I I've never had an actual Juno. Okay. I'm sure there is because I had to. I actually did two takes of this with the different octave settings and then stitch them together to get a wider. It could start higher. It could end lower. So you just mean like a transpose? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I would be surprised if it didn't have some sort of transpose button or transpose function on that. I'll see if I can find it. But, uh, yeah, that's really the whole piece. And then there's this little noise sequence that kind of comes through. Uh, it's, it starts low and moves high just based on the filters, and that's the micron. You're just kind of letting the music take you wherever it goes as you were creating this? Yeah, I wanted... For this, in order to, to hopefully kind of foreground that, that filter movement, I wanted notes 
that would not really draw any attention to the notes. So I wanted notes that would be like a sculpture almost. And, you know, if the sculpture, imagine a sculpture that's just like a square column. It's perfectly even, it's, it's perfectly square, it's, I don't know, eight feet tall. So it's a very plain shape, but maybe it has a cool texture, it's rough, you know, or it has uh, leaves imprinted on it somehow, or, or I got you. Runes or something. Your attention goes to to the texture because the shape is so simple. So the gotcha. notes are the shape, and that filter movement is the texture. <laughs> That's really dope, Howie. This one's this one's <laughs> heady. Well, that's the micron making the kind of marble rolls. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. The micron. I actually love the micron. I s oh, this is a perfect time to talk about the micron because the song is so. Uh, once you get it, you get it, kind of. Um, <laughs> so, so I bought the micron. Uh, I moved to Kansas City in the summer of 2005 and spent the first six months kind of getting oriented to my job and to the city and I didn't really know anyone. And uh, in February of 06, I started looking at Craigslist ads for bands to join. And uh, I wasn't planning on it. I, I was thinking drums, you know, or guitar maybe. Uh, but I found an ad for a band that needed a keyboard player and I liked their songs on their MySpace. Uh, <laughs> wow. So I, that's, that's going back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I learned them. I learned their songs. I borrowed a keyboard, which is like a Casio, you know, just like a, like a toy almost. And I went and auditioned. And the bridge of one of the songs was in 7-8. And I learned that. And I could play it. So I showed up at the audition. I played the bridge in 7-8. And they were like, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I can't... The band went through a name change either right before or right after. It, I played in the band... When I was playing in the band, we were called Five Star Crush. And we're a, a pop band, you know, kind of indie rock, 80s influence. You know, we'd cover Shout mm -hmm. and uh, stuff like that. Um, but so I needed, once I, once I was invited to join the band, I needed an actual synthesizer to play. Um, I didn't have a lot of money and, uh, you know, did my research and bought the Micron and it served very well. Um, and the sounds, I mean, the synth sounds and kind of the FME sounds are pretty good still I think I mean I used them all over this record um, it'd be nice if kind of the electric piano sounds were a little more natural but that's that's not its thing anyway <laughs> uh, that's that's beside the point one thing I love about the micron that I it's the only device I know that does this the the, the pattern generator uh, so you can make your sequence or whatever 
and it can be uh, unquantized, which is fun. It's not terribly unique. It can be really long, which is great. But the killer feature of the pattern sequencer is that you can overwrite sections of your pattern in real time and then play. Nice. So you can create gaps and then put something new in the gap and create. It's almost like a tape loop where you can selectively erase chunks of the tape as it's playing and as you're recording. Hmm. Um, I love that. It's so much fun to play with. And that's, this is a good time to pause it. That's what's going on with that noise thing. So it started as a sequence, but as it plays, I delete chunks of it and then rewrite like different chunks. So it evolves over the course of the piece. say the noise was yeah it's just the noise like oscillator and then the filter on it is key tracked so I'm kind of bouncing over the keyboard and just improvising little semi melodies you know little phrases and then in Reaper I automated you know, two filters, basically a bandpass that, you know, starts low and open and then kind of sweeps through the mids. And the, as the song ends, it gets the cutoff just keeps going higher and higher, you know, to remove the sound, uh, remove the pattern, the noise pattern from the output. So it sort of disappears. They, they cross, right? So the Juno is going lower and lower. And the, the noise frequencies are going higher and higher, and they crisscross. Hmm. This one was, I don't do this often, but this one was very much like figured out on paper, right? Like, this is how this is gonna go, and. But it all started with that filter. You can hear it really great now. It's in the right range. You can just... It just whistles as it gets toward the top. It's totally just space age or new age, like... I don't know. You want to do some yoga? Yeah. Get a get a massage. Get like a like the heated rock treatment. Yeah, man. This I agree. You know, except like your masseuse is the singer from the Fifth Element. You know. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. But I think of it in terms of just what I love about drone music and. Um, kind of 
ambient music that has a little bit of noise to it in general, where it it, it situates you in affinity in a way, mm. uh, and you it, it's you know suggests something bigger and larger, and uh, you're not um, there's there's a bit of ego loss that can happen from it, you know, a sensory uh, disengagement that happens from engaging in a sensory track like this. For sure. What did you... Was that your turn of phrase? Uh, what did you say about in- infinity? <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> oh, I guess... fortunately we're recording, so I'm going to come back. <laughs> I loved it. it so, situating you in infinity, was that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what I said. That's awesome. Um, you know, because that's... That. It, you know, it's suggestive. Like, for me, the best kind of drone music, and 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 the way I always approach my my drones and ambient uh, tracks, because um, I don't, I never really know how to start, and I really never know how to end. So, but I always want to have that sense that even though over the life of this track, over the playing of this track, things can happen, we're only seeing the window that we see of it and there's something else that it's coming from and there's something else that it's going to and you're getting just situated within that window and this does this I think a a lot very very well where it's almost just this pure engagement of that idea you know this is a track that you could you could have it play three minutes, 30 minutes, three hours, and it would still have that evolution to it that makes it interesting, but still have the the characteristic of it, of just this idea that it feels like it's unfolding across time frames that we can't comprehend. Yeah, I, I totally hear that. You've given me a new idea, and now I wanna, now I wanna do a version where I do, so again, no click here or anything. It's all just how I played it. Um, but you could almost make like a shepherd tone type thing out of it, right? If, if you overlapped the start and end, <laughs> and if they were timed right, oh, that would be fun. It could be infinite. It could really be infinite. Which is exactly what it felt like living at home during COVID. You know? Full circle. Well done, Royce. (laughs) (laughs) But there is that vibe there. They're just kind of like. It just, yeah, it got. Just keeps going. Just kind of started to feel like Groundhog's Day. You know, like every day felt the same. It didn't matter if it was Saturday or Sunday. It's like, danger, Will Robinson, you're lost in space, you know what I mean? And that's what this kind of feels like to me. But in a pleasant way, you know, like, like I've accepted it. I'm out here in space and it's cold and I'm all alone <laughs> for as long as it's going to take.
Love it. And now for something completely different. How many layers are on this right now? One. This is just one layer? This is the Micron. Really? And the DE7, I think, yeah. Because it's, you know, it's obviously got the keys. It's got the ambient, you know, sort of atmosphere. And it's got a little bit of pulse to it, a little bit of momentum to it, all in one. That's really cool. This was, this was a really inspiring sound. This was the, f uh, so I, I do a lot of playing in this kind of style now in night mode. And I use, I use the MS-20 a lot to do this type of improvisation. And this is where it started. This is the first time I, uh, I mean, again, I started as a drummer. This is the first time I ever really improvised in a melodic or a harmonic kind of way. It was with this patch, this, this, yeah, patch on the Micron. Um, and it was, I mean, it's very directly inspired, as the title indicates, by uh, Klaus Schulze, uh, whose music I had just discovered, you know, not long before this. Um, and it's one of my favorites. It's one of my favorite things to put on a night mode record, because I just feel like there's not a lot of this type of playing. Like really playing in a keyboard kind of sense, and I'm no great keyboardist by any means. Um, but making, like Royce was saying about exploration, right? This was a totally new. This is this is literally the first time I improvised a melody and recorded recorded it. Not sounds, like the first take. Sounds good to me. <laughs> I, I I practiced plenty before I hit record, but you know this was the oh, sound. Sure, but this was the sound that did it. And I think it's a, in kind of the ambient experimental, you know, scene these days, I guess. I wish I heard more of this type of playing, because I really, I really do like it. I'd, I'd, I'd much prefer to play um, lots of parts kind of through to the end, or, you know, um, if you're just kind of improvising. You know, twenty to thirty minute improvisa improvisation. I prefer to to find some some something I can take out of there, um, as opposed to just looping like a two or four bar phrase. Yeah. Like even if it's not perfect, it's a little more interesting. So this is all you, you hear a bit of uh, Rhodes piano. Uh, overdubbed uh, and this song is just those two those two sounds really uh, the, at the very end there's a little bass kind of reinforcement um, that's just tucked way back in there but it's basically these two sounds in, in conversation and that's really I mean also on this I really like having just kind of doing two sounds improv I love making music that way and this um, especially this song and the first song this, this is where that all came from 
dig that road sound. The roads I have is on long-term loan from my friend Scott, um, and it's it's been awesome to have. Um, if you've ever moved one, you know what that's like. <laughs> I certainly have, my friend. And uh, his has, I think many, I went many, DI here, but he, he has the speaker, like the 215 mm-hmm, speaker the thing that goes yeah. with it too. That's even better. <laughs> and it is, it, it's lovely, but it does need some TLC. And so playing his roads, you kind of have to fight it. Um, which kind of comes into play. I mean, at the end of the song, as it gets busier, I am I am kind of fighting it more and pounding on the keys. And uh, For some stuff that works great. Other times you wish it would, it would <laughs> respond a little more. Mm. Unless it's been, you know, very meticulously cared for, it's it's hard to to keep it a hundred percent, you know, consistent yeah. across the whole keyboard. It's just and that's, you know, that's why it's a Rhodes. But sometimes <laughs> you, you want to have the this note is going to be in tune right. <laughs> on each octave. <laughs> so <laughs> I got in there and tuned it pretty well when when I moved it. Um, I haven't really gotten into the action and the hammers and all that all that stuff. Yeah, that's a whole other. The springs, you're, you're adjusting the springs, you're clipping the tines. Right. You're, it's, it's a whole deal. I do have a question that's a little off topic. Uh, you said you guys were doing it where you do individual releases and then you do a night mode. Why, why were you doing it that way? Why was that the formula? Well, that's kind of how the first three records were recorded. So. The short story of Night Mode, uh, my friend Drew, Dark Satellites, started Night Mode. And he started Night Mode when Aaron Osborne, who I mentioned earlier, uh, who has a huge synth collection, Aaron needed the floors redone in his house, so he needed a place to put the synths for a while while he got his floors done. And Drew had space in the basement, so he moved all the synths to Drew's, got his floors redone, and really hasn't come back for them ever. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which is amazing. And and he can have anything back, of course, whenever he wants. And But so Drew, the guitarist, you know, who taught himself drums and taught himself to sing and write songs. All of a sudden, he's surrounded by all this, like, vintage, I mean, a Juno and an old MS-20 
and a roll, um, this cool old Roland thing, and a, some Oberheim thing. I mean, just a, cra- a crazy synth collection. So he starts fooling around. You know, he puts his family to bed at night and goes downstairs to the, uh, you know, the main, his Pro Tools rig is kind of dedicated to our rock band stuff. So he's got a little four track machine and he starts fiddling around with synthesizers on the four track without, without any real plan to, to even release anything or whatever. Uh, and he sort of accidentally made the first night mode record. Um, which is called Other. And when I saw how much fun he was having, I was like, well, I gotta try this synthesizer stuff too. Um, so I didn't buy anything. I mostly started fooling around with this, this iPad app. Um, uh, what was it called? I still have it. It was, a, it was a sample sequencer and you could load your own samples in, which was fun. And it was, the, the interface was really interesting. It was 16 concentric circles. And you could drag these dots around. You could assign them probability. And so it very easily went into kind of like generative. It wasn't like four bars to a grid type sequencing. It was very different um, and a lot of fun. And and my f- so I kind of made a record around that. I called it Dirac Spike, put that out. And then we thought, well, it sure be fun to kind of play a show to promote this stuff. And so we looped in our synth friend, uh, Damon Marr, who's an old Lawrence guy, um, and kind of figured out a, a way to perform. We weren't doing any of the tracks. It was like new improvisations. Um, and we recorded our practice sessions. And so that became uh, Load Transcendence. Okay, so now I've got three records out, a Drew solo, a Howie solo, and a collaboration. And it's kind of like, okay, so this this works, this is fun. We, we're all liking all the different aspects of this. So we all just keep working. You know, Drew works on another record. I'm working on this record that we're listening to now. Um, and we, we have basically made a second cycle now. It wasn't quite in order. So Drew's uh, next solo one is Gentleman Scientist. Fantastic. Um, and then we released our live set um, called Capsule uh, a year ago. So And that was just me and Drew. So that was like the collaboration got a little out of order and then Your Pay Matters is out now. Um, but in the meantime, I've made like six or eight night mode record, like solo night mode records. Um, wow. We have multiple collaborations done. Uh, Drew's made two Dark Satellites. There's another Dark Satellites record coming now. So he's made two Lockdown Dark Satellites. Nice. Records. So he's, he's been plenty busy, but it hasn't been on solo night mode stuff. So our choice now is to kind of either break the cycle or put stuff off for like even longer. And um, it gets more complicated than that. And I've talked way too much about it anyway. And no one cares, right? It's just <laughs> put it out, just put it out. So I don't know exactly where we're going, but we have um, about five, 
albums coming out in pretty quick succession here. And they're not all, one of them is from a new member. Uh, details to follow, I guess. Um, another one is a collaboration, kind of like what I did with Nate. Uh, I did another online collaboration through the pandemic that's uh, almost finished, so that'll be coming out soon. We've got two other collabor uh, like live sets that Drew and I did that aren't out. Um, I've talked way too much. Let's let's listen to a little bit of this because I do like this um, this chord progression and this kind of phrase. So let's let's let uh, this song play out quick. Micron? Yeah, so, and I called it too late to hear the actual chord progression. It would have been playing. It just repeats and builds up and stuff. But yeah, so the Micron is is kind of like almost two voices here because it's the bass and then the filter resonance is that higher note and it's in tune. Yeah. Okay. And then the rose is pounding away in the, in the center uh, with distortion and like phase okay. or flange or something on it. Yeah, okay. That's what it almost wow. feels. It almost feels like a heavy bass or kind of what a drum or something. That's yeah. the notes. Wow. That's no. The heavy bass is the micron. Okay. And just the, okay. the chop of that LFO. Yeah, that gritty kind of middle. I don't want to say guitarish, but it is sort of kind of yeah yeah. I'm so, I'm sorry I talked so much about the the night mode like release order and everything. That's the that's the documentarian in me coming out that just I want I love knowing like when stuff was recorded and and what order it was done in and the story, the development of an artist, you know, not just not just me, but you know, Corey from the other week or you know, Nate the stuff that you're doing and how, you know, from work hours to like the singles you're doing now and I love I love tracking the changes and what what an artist does and I love I love the discography, right? And I love listening for how um how ideas recombine and like recontextualize and and how different people it's a personality sure. thing too, right? So like my yeah. night mode thing is like very evolutionary and I kind of it starts to become more clear from from this point what we just listened to forward it, it becomes very kind of a step by step progression right where chance on the other hand i mean selvage you do an ambient record and then there's a noise record and then there's something that's got rhythm to it and then there's something that's with till you know and it's um it's this awesome explosion of, of all these different <laughs> ideas and then maybe like five records later you circle back and like oh it's another ambient one yeah um and yeah. and and so much has happened since we heard you do that last you know 
Yeah, for me, it's it's I, I, trying to stay steady, busy, you know. But I think what was so interesting about what you were talking about with the the history of night mode, the idea of it essentially being a two man collective, I guess a third TBD, right? Uh, that's super interesting, and it's 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 a it provides for such flexibility, but also this kind of consistency of voice. It gives you a container to contain those sort of expressions and evolutions. Um, that's that to me, that's extremely cool and extremely interesting. It's, it's been a lot of fun and it's, I'm really grateful to drew. I mean, I remember asking him, so he made other, and I was starting to fool around with my own stuff. And I was like, listen, do, am I going to need a band name or like, can I elbow in on this or, you know, how do you want to, how do you want to do this? And I'm really glad that he he was cool with kind of expanding it. And that then, you know, then we were able to bring in Damon and, you know, I'm not trying to be coy, but I don't. Um, but so my dad made a night mode record. <laughs> wow. Uh, for Father's Day last summer to help keep him entertained in the pandemic. And I, I write the long version of the story in the liner notes to the record, which isn't quite out yet. And doesn't have a title. Um, but we bought him a Soma Lyra 8 to play with. No kidding. Wow. And we found an orange one. Orange is his favorite color. And we surprised him. <laughs> and he took to that thing like you would not believe. And there's this whole cool backstory with his early teaching career and and like tape, this tape experiment he was doing. But anyway, um, I, I, I ended up at home um, over Christmas kind of unexpectedly, but I took my four track and I recorded dad doing um, three 15 minute Lyra eight improvisations. Nice. And they're really good. (laughs) Um, So that'll be coming out soon. Nice. Under the, under the night mode banner, which is a blast for both of us. I bet. Yeah. Well, difficult. I don't know. Should I wrap up my own show? I'm not. This is new territory for the long play. <laughs> well, I was. I mean, I was gonna. I mean, I, I mean, is there anything else about the record? I, I, I was. I mean, I think we talked about a lot of the things that. You know. Yeah, the two things I really wanted to say. I was curious. I think on. I said, which is, um, which is talk about the micron. I thought Chance would appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and to. Uh, and to talk about the title and your pain matters and what that, yeah, that's a really, it's a really important phrase for me. And it was not chosen lightly. I, I wanted to name a record that I held on to the title for several years, waiting for the right music and the right vibe that I thought could help communicate that feeling. Um, so those are the two things I really wanted to talk about, I think. No, I, yeah, I, I liked it when I first heard it. Um, especially just like the more ambient type of uh, synth stuff that you're doing, you know, the, the arpeggiator stuff that you were talking about in the first song and um, kind of a lot of stuff is, is a slow burn, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah, I love I do love a slow burn and I love stuff 
I love I love ambient stuff, um, but I love to take it somewhere. And someone said something about a journey, uh, and and that makes me really happy that that's coming through because, uh, um, you know, it's easy to crank up a synth and put on an LFO or something and let it drone. And I and I love doing mm-hmm. that. I mean, <laughs> I'm not I'm not against that by any means, but I like to try and challenge myself to 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 do pieces where from start to end you are taken on a journey you end up in a very different place than when you started and you don't necessarily notice the shift yeah when it happens yeah. it's all it's gentle enough that it keeps you in the vibe and it keeps you in that that infinite space or that egoless space um and and still manages the journey, so that's kind of the challenge I I put out for myself on a lot of this type of pieces. Cool. Well, you can find it all at uh, nightmode.bandcamp.com. Um, we put we put a lot of it on streaming. Not everything is on streaming, but this one is. Uh, so you can listen to Your Pain Matters on. Apple Music or Spotify or wherever uh, wherever you like to listen to music, um, and all the we'll put all the links to uh, to everybody, including uh, Chance's excellent Salvage Project. Chance, why don't we let's take just a minute? I mean, you've got a lot of stuff coming up. Sure. Uh, quickly, give us the Salvage update. Um, so the next Salvage record is coming out April twenty third on Wormhole World. Uh, it's a UK label. Um, I, I did, uh, my third record, uh, with them, uh, don't sweat infinity. That was kind of more of a space ambient record. And this, this one's a little bit kind of closer to the ground, so to speak. Uh, it's really excited to get, get it out. Cause it's been kind of kicking around for, for a while. Um, so I don't know that they, they have put together links out for it yet. I do know that they're, so they, what they do is they'll have bundles, um, kind of pre-release bundles where they'll bundle two or three CDs together and then sell those as kind of a tease. So that's been out for a bit, but I think the official details should be coming here soon. Um, but beyond that, I'm always, always got my finger to the grindstone by which I mean my pitch wheel. <laughs> you were, you were tweeting the other night about some sensual drones, I think. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I got, um, so I don't know how you go once you finish something, but there's kind of like this, this joy and then this deflation that happens, right? Cause you're like, oh, well, what do I do now? So that happens to me a lot once I finish something. And then, so I immediately start something else. And that's what I, that's the thing I've been working on is, is, uh, some things with a little bit more sensualness to it. For me, at least, uh, that might be more tongue in cheek than anything, but we'll see if anything comes out of that. Very cool. Nice. And Nate, do you have a? Yeah. You're gonna have a single again next month? Yeah, that it's uh, something will be coming out on Tuesday or Wednesday next week. Okay. <laughs> uh, the one for this month, yeah, yeah, um, and then after that, I think, man, there's gonna be at least two or three that are just waiting to be waiting, waiting for the month to, to, to get here. 
Cool. So that'll be hopefully, hopefully, and that'll be nice. And I won't have to, you know, worry about <laughs> coming <laughs> what, up what with one be every month. Yeah, it's good to get ahead for sure. Royce, you got anything to plug? Sure. I know you've been busy. I don't have anything to plug. Um, I don't have any. I mean, all, all the music collaboration I'm doing right now, I'm doing with Nate. So outside of that, I'm not really doing any much of anything. Cool. So I'm doing an intro piece for my son and for two podcasts. I'm doing that, I guess. So that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you guys, we can hang out and chat if you want, but we can let the listeners go. It's been the long play listening party. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see everybody real soon. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Later.